Okay, well, we just finished a series last week entitled Holy, and so I want to shift gears and uh, I want to talk about a subject uh, that is, seems to be really real in my life. Uh, it's entitled The Running Syndrome. The running syndrome, and and so if uh, if if you're anything like I am, uh, you you work hard, and if you're lazy in this room, just pretend like you work hard, okay? Uh, but you're just constantly uh, burning on every cylinder, and the Bible says this. Uh, it says in Galatians chapter six, verse nine. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. Let us not get tired. You can be doing a good thing and still get tired. Uh, Going to church is a good thing, but you can get tired of coming to church. Um, Doing the dishes is a good thing. You can get tired. Everyone say amen. You can get tired of doing the household things. You can get tired of that. And and when we begin to get tired, we start getting weary and we begin to fade emotionally, mentally, and often physically. And I'll get more descriptive of what that actually means. Uh, Before I get too deep into it, though, I went to Starbucks this morning, got my usual drink, and I was a little bit hungry, and uh, so I I ordered a protein box. And uh, when I ordered the protein box, I started laughing, and uh, I I decided to not eat it and and just hold it up here as uh, an illustration. I started laughing because... um, if I weren't a pastor, I would be in marketing. Um, that's, that's what I went to, to school for. I guess I'm still marketing something. I'm marketing a relationship with Jesus. But um, nevertheless, I sit down and I think, when they came up with this name, Protein Box, it, they, they had to have had some type of, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they, uh, some type of a meeting a creative meeting with, this is just how I imagine it, with a whiteboard and a dry eraser board. And, and they're like, let's come up with a name for this thing. And, and names got thrown out there. And I'm sure somebody had to have said, let's call it a health box or a healthy, healthy food box. And so they wrote that on the board and along with probably 20 others. And somebody said protein box. And then they went, whittled it all down and, and they went with protein over the other ones. And, and there's something about the word protein that causes us to link that word with muscle. Right? It's like healthy food, protein food, right? What's the difference? Well, one is healthy, but the other one helps our muscles get stronger. In bold print, font size 30, it says 23 grams, and then font size 50, protein. (laughs) And so they want you to know that if you eat this box, you're going to get 23 grams of protein. That goes straight to your muscles. Like, man, give me one of those. 
right? It's interesting because we all want to be stronger. Uh, either not necessarily physically stronger, but stronger individuals. Strength is attractive. Energy is attractive. We want that. But let me say this as I begin to transition from that thought. It is exhausting trying to be stronger than you feel. Give me the protein box. That didn't work. How are you doing? I feel great. No, I don't. I just lied to you. I read in a book somewhere that the average person lies six times an hour. You're like, not me. You just lied. <laughs> six times an hour. How you doing? I'm doing great. Lie. How are you? Fine. Lie. How's everything going? Awesome. Lie. How's the family? Good. Lie. <laughs> All right. Isn't this an uplifting message? It's, it's exhausting. And so when we are exhausted, when we are tired, um, we begin to run. Mentally, we just begin to just run. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. Um, I want to hide. Leave me alone. Um, have you ever just wanted to run like into like Forrest Gump run? Like where are you going? <laughs> Away. <laughs> just run. I'm out. There's a running syndrome that kicks in when you're tired. Even if you're tired of doing good things, you get tired. There was a guy named Elisha, Elijah, Elijah. He was doing a good thing, a phenomenally good thing. He saw people uh, that were preaching about a God that was false. 450 of these preachers, 450 of these prophets. And he walked up to him and said, okay, look. Let's just settle this issue right now. I'm going to lay down a sacrifice. You lay down a sacrifice. I'm going to lay down a bull. You lay down a bull. You call from heaven for your God to light that sacrifice on fire. I'm going to do the exact same thing. Whichever God comes through is the one true God. The 450 prophets said, deal. They started worshiping and screaming and shouting to their God, and they started in the morning. And as the morning progressed, nothing happened. So they wanted to do something to get their God's attention, so they started cutting themselves. Now, Elijah, have you ever wanted to be a smart mouth? <laughs> Many of you are like, I've never wanted to. I've actually just done it. Um, but Elijah is the kind of preacher that um, I don't know how he got away with that kind of stuff. He was a smart mouth. Like, if I'm a smart mouth, you're not coming back next week. He was a smart mouth, not only got away with it, but got put in the Bible over it. Watch what he does here. While they are cutting themselves and nothing is happening, Elijah starts taunting them at a level of taunt that is almost awkward. 
Watch this. He says this. He goes, and this is verse uh, 27 of 1 Kings 18. About noontime, so they started in the morning, Elijah began mocking them. Watch this. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed. For surely he is a god, perhaps he's daydreaming. Watch this, it gets worse. Or is relieving himself. Maybe your God is using the bathroom. How do you get away with that? Watch this. He goes, or <laughs> maybe he's away on a trip. Maybe he's on vacation. How do you get away with this? And, and then he goes on. He goes, or maybe he's asleep and needs to be awakened. Keep on yelling louder. Like, I'm a preacher, he's a preacher. How does he get away with that? That's like a level of smart mouth that, that I, he's just, maybe your God is using the bathroom. What? And so finally, he, they, the prophets are done. They're all bleeding and cut up. And he goes, let me deal with this. And the Bible says that he began to repair the altar and he worshiped and God sent down fire and lit it on fire. And then he turned around and had those 450 prophets all killed. It's unbelievable. Well, the king of those prophets was a guy named King Ahab. He goes home and tells his wife, and his wife was a situation. <laughs> he goes back and tells his wife, he's like, Elijah just had all of our prophets killed. She says back, you go tell him. You killed my prophets, I'm going to kill you. He gets the message, Elijah gets the message and freaks out. He starts running and goes nuts in his head. I'll tell you, if women knew how much power they had, <laughs> he can make a grown man stumble. So here, here's this, he freaks out. He goes into a depression so bad that he asks the Lord to kill him. All because of what one girl said. Now you back up and go, now how in the world do you go from calling fire out of the sky to getting depressed over what one woman said to you? How do you go from here to here? How does that happen? I would like to say this, and these are the three points I'm going to share. We run around, we run down, and then we run away. Even if we're doing a good thing, we run around, then we get run down, and then we end up running away. It's the running around, let me talk about that. Running around, it's working. It's being busy. It's doing the dishwasher. It's doing the laundry. Have you ever wanted to say, hey, don't pick up those socks, I got it. Don't pick up your clothes, just throw it wherever you want to. I got it, don't, no, 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 no. Don't, don't pick up those shoes. 
Just throw them anywhere you want to. I'll get it. I got nothing better to do. No, no, no. Don't put that dish in that dishwasher. Just set it wherever you want. I'll get it. No, no, no. I don't need help with the laundry. I don't need. Hey, you know what? I'm driving. Oh, you want to merge into my lane? Come on in. I, I got nothing better to do. I'm just enjoying my day. In fact, yeah. Oh, you don't roll your window down like this anymore. Hey, just keep going five miles an hour. I'm good. Promise. True story. I'm on Highway 45 going south. We're all going 70 miles an hour. There's a guy with a backpack on walking down on the dotted line. I thought, this guy, he's, he's, he's not normal. He's, 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 like, he's, he's not normal up here. I got a good look at his face. He's just fine. <laughs> he's like this. Hit me. <laughs> I felt my hands go. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Hey, you know what? This is your world. We'll all go right around you. No problem at all. When all of this is going on and you're working, you're going to church, you're doing the laundry, you're answering the phone. You know, people can, in the old days, they had to wait for you to get home. Now they can call you anytime they want. They can text you and they know you got it. And you're like, I'm just, I'm not going to reply right away. I'm just going to let it sit for a second. They know you're making it sit for a second. (laughs) This is a weird world. It's busy. It's crazy. It's going constantly. And not to mention that when we are physically burdened, we are getting spiritually depleted. Because when you're busy, it is hard to stay connected to God all at the same time. Not to mention, just to add some icing to the cake, the Bible says that the enemy crouches at your door. So when you wake up in the morning and you go outside and you step outside, you're inside the house, you're outside the house, there is an enemy crouching at the door and leaps into your world and begins to speak these thoughts to you. And that's why the Bible says to cast down these evil imaginations. So while you're living life, he's whispering all day long, all day long, all day long. You aren't as good as you used to be. You aren't as pretty as you used to be. You don't have the skills. Look how their life is accelerating so well. And your life has been stagnant for the last 10 years. Oh, look at that marriage. They love each other. Your marriage stinks. Your kids, your health, your future, your past all day long. Boom. We're working, we're driving, we're cleaning, we're writing, we're calling. And then these thoughts, bam, 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 bam. Am I talking to anybody? 
Is this how? This is when we are running. We're running around. What are we doing? Good things. We're doing it. Thoughts working. Thoughts working. All of this is happening. And then here comes the coup d'etat. Point number two. You run around and then you run down. It's, it's a lot. I wish, you know what my visual illustration should have been? <laughs> is me blowing up a balloon and then letting go. And so I'm going to do that visual illustration, pretend like it wasn't coming. Just like, ah, that's brilliant. But that is our life, right? How many people here, by the raising of your hand, your favorite moment of the day is the first five minutes under the covers at night? Raise your hand. It's like you, you get in and you go. I, and I always say the same thing every time. I made it. <laughs> right? We just run to... And Allie always does the same thing. She goes, do you love me? I go, yep. I ain't got anything left. I'm just, you run down. And then the next day, the same thing. And then what happens when you run around, you run down. And then discouragement begins to kick in. And when discouragement kicks in, discouragement is not a lack of skill. It's a lack of courage. And so you don't have the audacity and the strength and the confidence because confidence gets drained during excursion, exertion. We're constantly working, constantly moving, and constantly pretending like everything is fine. And we can only do that for so long. And that is exactly what happened to Elijah is he just began to unwind. Here are the signs of knowing when you have, um, uh, when you are, are run down. When you are run down, you are running thin on grace. Now what is grace? Grace is blessings and favor and kindness. It's grace. It's, it's, it's when you are are, are, are blessed, you, you feel strong, you feel, it, 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 grace is an interesting word because it's hard to define. Like you can look up 150 definitions and go, yeah, that's right. But I think it's more than that. It, it, let me see if I can illustrate grace with an imaginary scenario. Have you ever looked at a person and, and just thought, you are so awesome, it, and a lot of times you have this thought whenever you look at a mom. So a mom is going crazy taking care of people and things and that and things. And, and you look at her and you go, you are awesome. And the mom looks back at you and goes, no, I'm exhausted and I'm half crazy. <laughs> and you're like, I know you're probably exhausted and half crazy, but you're awesome. They're like, no, I'm... What you see is this intangible, hard to define persona thing about them 
that just makes you admire their strength and courage and boldness. You, you can't really define it. That is grace. Have you ever walked into a hospital room and saw the person laying in the bed? They need people to take care of them. And you talk to them for a few minutes and you're like, you are awesome. And they look back at you and are like, no, I'm actually in the hospital sick. You're like, I know you're in the hospital sick, but you're awesome. You're, you're, I admire you. What is it that you admire? That they're laying in the hospital bed? No. There's something undefinable, intangible, something about them, something that's on them, something that just goes, that is grace. You can't verbalize it. You can't put your finger on it, but you can see it. That's grace. And when you are worn down because you've been running around, now you're run down, that grace is thin. And we particularly find it in three distinct areas. Number one is we don't have grace for people. Our kindness and tenderness towards people is not there. It's like you irritate me. When you find that people are irritating you, you irritate me, you irritate me, you irritate, all of you irritate me. It's like Oprah, you get a Corvette, you get a Corvette. No, no, you irritate me, you, all of you <laughs> irritate me. When everybody is irritating you, you have been running around and now you're run down and faith is thin. Also, not just when people, but with yourself, your grace toward yourself, your kindness towards yourself. Your positive affirmation toward yourself is thin. So rather than thinking about yourself as a person that is doing well, you think about yourself as a person who is not doing well. You are behind. You are not as good as them. You are a failure. You are failing. You are not doing good in this area and you're not doing good in that area. And here's a new term for you. You discredit success. Hey, you did really good at that. Ah, oh, well, it's not as good as... Yeah, well, I tried to... Yeah, yeah, it's okay, but you discredit what you did good. No, it was okay. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, it's all right. Your house looks beautiful. Uh, it's, uh, I love your hair today. Well, yeah. I love that outfit. Oh, I got it on sale. I always tell Allie, like, it's like if someone will walk up to, hey, Allie, I love your shirt. I love your outfit. Oh, yeah, I got it on sale at Target. I'm like, Allie, nobody cares where you got it. <laughs> just, just say thank you. It, but then I look at me. Oh, Frankie, you, you, you did great on Sunday. Oh, it was a little long. 
I know what you're thinking. Hey, keep it down, buddy. That <laughs> was okay. I thought I missed it. We discredit success. And that's when we know grace is getting thin. And then we also give grace. We don't have grace towards our future. We don't imagine blessings in our future. We think that anything that happens in the future will be a a result of our own hustle and grit. But grace offers strength in results where grit will never offer. Let me say it this way if you're taking notes. It reads like this. Grace will take you where hustle never could. In other words, there's something in the future that is waiting for me that will cause my life to move faster and be better. And God is going to arrange that for me. It's not just relying on me. That's grace. When you don't believe that, that's when your grace is thin. And you are now beginning beginning to be run down. Now watch this. Watch this. This is so good. If you're not going to forget, if you're not going to remember anything, remember this. Remember this. Watch this. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So fear and, and a, a, synonym, a synonym of fear is anxiety or stress. So God has not given you a spirit of stress or anxiety, but rather peace and a sound mind. So when you are feeling stress and anxiety and that spirit did not come from God, who did it come from? And so when you are run down, you have actually been ran down. Someone has caught up to you. And they haven't, that spirit, that evil spirit hasn't caught up to you because it's just as fast as you. Because the race has not been given to the quick. It has caught up to you because you have slowed down. Because you have been run down. And so that spirit has ran you down. So now we back up and we say, okay, I've been running around. Now I'm ran down. And now I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And now I'm running away. This is what Elijah did. I'm tired. Watch what he actually, his exact words to the Lord was, what, was this. In verse 4, 1 Kings 19, verse 4, it says this. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I have had, I, I, I'm tired of preaching. I'm tired of being holy. I'm tired of being righteous. I'm tired of fighting these thoughts. I'm tired of casting these thoughts down. I'm tired of it. I'm just tired. I'm just, I'm done. I just want to go to heaven. (laughs) That's what he's saying. I just, I just want to go to heaven. Um, Speaking of heaven, um, 
I want to hit pause right here, and I want you to get that promo ready, um, because on the 29th, my father is going to show up, and he is going to share some signs that the rapture of the church is coming very, very soon. And uh, I've got a 60-second video I'd like to show you. Take a look at this. Is it the end of the world as we know it? A powerful earthquake hitting the Philippines in the middle of the night. There are deaths and injuries and frantic rescue efforts happening as we speak. Big earthquake right now. A 4.4 earthquake hit Southern California. A massive earthquake triggers an avalanche, destroying history in seconds. Panic in the streets of Kathmandu after a quake toppled temples that stood for centuries, brought down buildings, and tore open roads. This powerful Category 4 hurricane is just really beginning to batter this state. Tonight, along the Texas Gulf Coast, utter devastation. Entire blocks are decimated. The Category 4 hurricane is the strongest to hit the U.S. in 13 years, making landfall twice. Well, this appears to be uh, either the worst or one of the worst floods Houston has ever had. We are measuring it not in inches, but in feet. I asked our, our tech team to put together a few clips that have been in the news lately. Uh, that I can use to um, remind us that what my father is going to talk about, not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday on the 29th, is prevalent. I got a call back because they said, um, hey, I know you want this clip to only be 60 seconds, but like, we haven't even touched the wars that are going on. We haven't even touched these signs that are in the sky. We haven't even touched that. We can't fit it all into 60 seconds. I just want to say this. Um, My dad called me and he said, look, Frankie, uh, there's certain signs out there that say that the rapture is going to take place. And I said back to him, I said, look, dad, I'm sure that the rapture is going to take place soon. You know, the people that are going to go to heaven, they're going to rise off the earth. I'm sure it's going to take place soon. I said, but I can't get caught up in all these signs because um, it's up to the person looking at the sign. Like, it's not, it's always up for argument. Like, one person looks at a sign and says, that's a sign. Another person looks at a sign and goes, ah, that's not a sign. You need to stop eating so much pizza. Just chill out. I was like, man, I can't get caught up in all that. Like, I just got to just believe that Jesus is going to come today and live that way. I can't get caught up in all that. I said, because it's not always crystal clear that that sign in the Bible is that sign that I'm looking at. So he says back to me, he goes, ah, ah. Now my dad's Italian, so you just got to know it. Ah, ah. He goes, not this sign. He goes, there are signs I'll give you that people can argue back and forth. He goes, not not this one, not this one, not this. This one's different. I don't care who you are. You look at that sign, you look at that scripture, and it is 100%. There's no denying it. I said, really? Let me see it. I look at the sign in the Bible. I look at the sign my dad told me about. I went, 
Allie! <laughs> Allie comes up. She doesn't get emotional about this kind of stuff at all. I said, what do you think about this scripture and that sign? She goes, did your dad send you another email? I was like, yeah. She goes, here we go. Here we go. Well, there's no arguing that. I called up my dad and I said, look, I'm not even going to tell the church what you just told me. Why don't you just come yourself on the 29th? And so... I share that as I go into my third point. There's a lot of people running away right now because they're tired, yes. Because they're run down, yes. They're not, they're running away from the church and they're running away from God because they're tired, yes. But it's also, you can argue this sign, but you'll be wrong. It's a sign of the last days. The sign that my dad's going to come talk to me, to you guys about, you can't argue it. But this sign that I'm talking about, there's in Matthew 24, it says that the love of many will grow cold. Right before the rapture comes, people are just, they're going to grow cold. They're just going to walk away from the whole thing. So what did Elijah do? How did he go from running around, run down, and then running away, being suicidal? How did he get recalibrated? How did he, how did he get right and get whole and get strong again? How did he do that? Well, I would like to go back. I said it earlier, but I just kind of glazed over it. Watch what he did. Whenever he challenged those prophets, those 450 prophets, and then it was his turn to pray to his God to have fire come down. Let's read it a little bit slower this time. It says this in 1 Kings 18, verse 30. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. And then the fire came down. See, at some point, they stopped paying attention to the altar. It fell apart. Their faith started drifting. They didn't know which God was real anymore. Elijah shows up and starts putting the altar back together again. And then calls on God. And something miraculous took place. If we could go back in time, when he was in the depression, running from Queen Jezebel, we could whisper to him, Hey, I know you're depressed. I know you're run down. I know you're tired. I know you're suicidal. But go back and do what you did when you called fire out of heaven. Go back to that altar. Go right back to the altar because the same God that pulled fire out of heaven cares about your heart 
your spirit. He cares about you. And the Bible says that when your anxiety becomes overwhelming, his confidence will secure you. Elijah, you're getting caught up in the busy. Go back to the altar. And so here's the reality. We can't walk out these doors and stop running and stop being busy, but we can alter our running. And just say, time out. I need to pray. And I promise you, the world will not fall apart if you just stop for a second and repair your altar and say a prayer. You may not always be able to pray for an hour a day, but don't let an hour go by without praying. You can't walk around with a physical altar, but you can keep your altar in your heart and in your soul, and it will be your anchor. Let's all stand to our feet for me, please. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And while you're doing that, I'd like for all of our prayer partners to come down if they would. All the prayer partners, please come down. With nobody looking around, let me ask you a very important question. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% sure you know where you'd spend eternity? If the answer is no, you're not sure, but you want to be sure right now, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Right where you are, just raise your hand. Hands are going up all over this room. As a sign of surrender, can we all just raise both hands right where we are? And let's say these simple words. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Would you please forgive me? I need your mercy and I need your grace. Jesus name. Amen. So for those of us like family Mazapika, my family, you just you're in a season of running. I'd like to invite you to come down to the altar and just take somebody by the hand. I know you don't know them. And just let them pray with you just for a few moments. And let's alter our running. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. No official dismissal, but do come down and pray before you leave.